on TV, on radio, and on your smartphone. This is Talk TV. Uh, welcome to The Talk. I'm Ian Collins. Tonight, the serial rapist from The Met is jailed for 30 years. The Sussexes will be grilled by lawyers as Meghan's sister tries to sue her. And pubs fear free speech amid concerns they'll have to hire banter bouncers to monitor conversations. Good Lord. Joining me on the panel are Talk TV's James Max, columnist Nicola Thorpe, Times Radio host Aisha Hazarika and Talk TV weekend presenter Kevin O'Sullivan. Now, a Metropolitan Police officer who was revealed to be one of Britain's most prolific sex offenders will spend at least 30 years behind bars after being handed 36 life sentences. David Carrick admitted to dozens of offences against 12 women over nearly two decades while serving in the force. The judge said he behaved like a monster who was untouchable. Behind a public appearance of propriety and trustworthiness, you took monstrous advantage of women drawn into intimate relationships with you. You behaved as if you were untouchable. Oh, yeah. Well, even as he was arrested, Carrick pleaded that he'd been a police officer for over 20 years. Commissioner Sir Mark Rowley issued this apology. We in policing have failed. Uh, he should not have been a police officer. There were many signs that we should have joined together. He should have been rooted out during his career as a police officer. Um, it's upsetting to be stood here talking about this. Um, and I apologise again to the victims. And indeed, I apologise to the women of London. He has 30 years. This man is going to obviously die in jail. That's right and correct and all the rest of it. Is that we can, we necessarily can the case? Well, it would... No, he's, he's only going to be in his late 70s. He's going to be in his late 70s before he no. can even start the parole process. But, I mean, all likelihood, he's going to spend... It should have got years. a full life sentence. It should have been a full life sentence. Of course it should have been. But in, in addition to that, what I find interesting is this business of, you know, are we going to learn from this? Are the police going to learn, Aisha? Because we had that apology there. You know, you, there is a sense, a bit of a deja vu in all of this, and it's such a dark, disturbing, haunting, horrific story... And I listened to Rowley there making those comments, and I'm sure somewhere in there, you know, he believes it. But it just, you know, that phrase is a, a, a little too late and all the rest mm. of it. You know, I think what we need now is something a little firmer, isn't it, to say, you know, this is now what's going to happen so that this... And what did they miss? Nine opportunities or something to catch this guy? This can never happen again. The problem for Mark Rowley is that he just can't say that. He can't give that guarantee because the Met... And it's probably not just the only police force in the country. Has, there are clearly a large number of men within the Met who have got this predilection. He said not that long ago, he said, look, I can't guarantee to any woman who comes forward <laughs> to the police that she is not going to engage with somebody right. that, that has not got a background in this, either domestic violence or, or rape or violent sexual fantasies. And it's so difficult because there is this really kind of frightening culture in the Metropolitan Police. We saw it, obviously, Wayne Cousins, but also those you know, WhatsApp messages that, mm. that came out from Charing Cross, which, I mean, you had to have quite... I mean, we're all quite hardened journalists. You had to have quite a strong stomach mm. to read some of that stuff that was coming out. 
But the thing that really troubles me about this is I know we have a lot of chat about, hey, is the Me Too movement gone too far and things? You look at this case, you look at Wayne Cousins, there's another horrible case about a man who shot his wife and child. Yeah. She was a headmistress. There's another um, horrible rape case that's come to light this week about um, a, a guy who used incredible violence to, against women and did the most de degrading acts to them. I just feel like we talk about these cases and yet they come week in, week out. I, I genuinely feel I don't know what the answer is. But is that, Kev, the, 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 gri the really grim, irredeemable reality of all of this stuff is that no matter how, how hard anybody tries, particularly with any massive institution of tens and tens of thousands of people, Regardless of what they put in place, there's always going to be somebody who several factors en ends up taking that kind several of Several factors here. I mean, first of all, Sir Mark Rowley now has been in charge nearly six months. He's got to stop pretending he's the new guy. You know, I've just inherited this real mess mm. and I'm going to sort it out. Six months, mate. It's about time you got cracking. So no more of these new guy excuses. Uh, secondly, we learned only a couple of weeks ago that subsequent to Wayne Cousins, which was what now, a couple of years ago, the police are still hiring people. Uh, most of the recruits are still hired uh, without anybody being seen. They just fill They're out a form face online. Face, yeah. There's no face-to-face. -face. They are hired sight unseen. So, in other words, no senior officers have any idea what these people are like. So, Rowley should have changed that for a start. All police officers must be interviewed and psychologically assessed. And then we learn that uh, there are 800 Met officers awaiting investigation, being investigated for either sex abuse crimes or uh, domestic abuse crimes. 800. Mm. And Mark Rowley says, oh, I have to warn you, there's going to be at least two couples in the dock every week uh, for the foreseeable future. Well, in the old days, if you were a copper, if you got done for speeding in your car, you lost your job. You were not allowed to break the law. Uh, what they allow now is coppers, coppers to break the law in the most heinous of ways, and they remain coppers. So that has to stop. They have to start interviewing uh, candidates uh, so they know what they're like personally, and then maybe we can carry on. But first, last of all, and I think this is the most important thing, I think the Met Police, it's, it's finished. It needs to be completely dissolved, renamed, restarted. It is irreparable. Yeah. Um, and there's nobody facing disciplinary action. Exactly, for all good of this. point. Nick. So there were eight different chances that they yes. had to root this guy out, and not a single officer serving or retired mm -hmm. is facing any disciplinary action. I'm sick of apologies. I'm sick of mm. people giving reasons for this kind of thing continually happening. All Mark Rowley had to do today was say, I'm immediately investigating every single person who ever came into contact with the victims who reported David Carrick to the police. It's very, very simple. When we say believe women, we mean take them at their word. Not to say, you know... Take them seriously. Take, yeah, take them seriously. Yeah. Investigate Absolutely. things properly, but yeah, believe yeah. women. Take a report. Now, I understand a couple of these women no longer wanted to cooperate with the police and they didn't want to take it further against David Carrick. Can you blame them? Yeah. But internally, is... it had still been flagged. Exactly, it needs to be and flagged. And that would have been enough for somebody to say, well, this is interesting, <laughs> there's a couple of people here... The same name. I mean, what do you hear? Red on flag, yeah, red same flag. Name, the same name keeps coming here, up. It's a classic. So why was it, it not is. followed up at that? But there are a couple of things here which I think are really important. We're all talking about the symptoms. We're all talking about what needs to be done. But in fact, we need to go right back to the root cause. And the root cause is that we have a cultural problem.
and we have a range of issues that either people haven't realised or thought were serious. And I don't think that even when you hear Mark Rowley speak there, I don't think he's quite realised the gravity of this. Yes, he's issued an apology, but this isn't just an apology about this case. This is an apology about a whole range of problems within the issue, if you like, of trusting the police and then having a system and a way in which, look, rebranding may be, but it's actually a change in process, yeah. and as you say, Nicola, making sure that people are held to account for previous demeanours, but also Get going forward. Get rid of people like Mark Rowley. I mean, it's, it's now, it's, it's apology of the day. What are they apologising? I'm so sick of senior coppers saying, oh, we're so sorry, well, we're really sincerely... I mean, well, I mean look, it's... it's, it's listen, an apology is a start. No, I don't they, want to see them not apologise. Yeah, I'm apolog sick of their apologies. Look, remember, we did have a period where Cressida Dick helpfully suggested that if a, if a, if a woman was getting attacked mm -hmm. by a police officer or anybody, she should flag down a bus. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have had yeah, yeah. absolutely woeful leadership yes, at the agreed. top of the Met Indeed. for a long and look, time. Am I alone in thinking that even that apology that Rowley gave there, that he had the tone completely wrong? Yeah. yeah. But just didn't, he didn't look as if he was responding it, to it. Well, actually, it, it wasn't serious enough, it didn't go far enough, and, and it didn't deal with the fact that this is a problem about this case and yep. many others. And that is why the apology is so important. Okay. And, and look, I, I get that... I don't, the, I get the, the, I don't want a daily apology. apology. I want... the apology It's a very, very emotive issue, and it's one that we'll definitely return to, but we do have to move away from policing now and onto another uh, emotive topic, politics. <laughs> <laughs> and in his first cabinet reshuffle, the Prime Minister has unveiled a Remainer and fierce Boris Johnson critic as the new Conservative Party chairman. That's Greg Hans. He takes up the role more than a week after Nadim Zahawi was sacked over his tax affairs. In another move that's raised eyebrows, the deputy chairman is Redwall Firebrand and former Labour man Lee Anderson. He's earned himself the nickname 30p Lee for saying meals can be made for as little as 30 pence and claimed that people who use food banks can't. Budget. Government departments have also been split up, separating business and energy. Grant Shapps becomes the new Energy Security and Net Zero Secretary. Kemi Badenoch is promoted, seeing her international trade role expanded to include the business brief. So I rather feel that this is a bit like the point on the Titanic where they started reshuffling all the deck chairs <laughs> as the ship was clearly going down. I mean, it is extraordinary to think, you know, when there's so much going on right now with the country, that Rishi Sunak has decided, particularly with these departmental changes, these um, changes in government, and I used to work in government, in fact, I worked for the old Department of Trade and Industry, which did exactly what it said on the tin. All this kind of moving Good things old Labour around. Days, weren't they? Well, look, it makes more sense just to keep. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you. Instead of kind of rebranding the all these departments, no trade and, no and, and, yeah. and, and you know, it costs a lot of money to do all of this. It takes away a lot of bandwidth. Just get a grip of the country. Get on with the job. Sort out the industrial disputes. Sort out public services. Sort out the health service. All of this is, and it's also desperation because he knows that Liz Truss and Boris Johnson are waiting in the wings. And it shows how weak he is. The fact he has Greg Hans as his chair, who's ultra-Boris, and he has Lee Anderson, yeah. who, who, who is, you know, a completely You're missing, different... You are missing a massive point here, because I woke up... You know, sometimes you wake up a bit grumpy, and I, I just Always. happened to wake up... Just happened to wake up a bit thing, grumpy yeah. this morning. <laughs> and I thought, oh, what kind of day is it going to be? And then 
I realized, to my absolute joy, so the day took a complete turn when I realized the, the little Shapsy, uh, good old Grant, uh, had been made the Secretary of State for net zero. Grant Shapps is going to solve the problems of the planet. <laughs> well, I'm we really excited we about thought, that. Yeah, but we thought that the planet was dying. <laughs> we thought we were in a place of no return. <laughs> and now Grant Shapps has come along with his joyful hand of environmental doom and he's going to wave it all away yeah. and make things well, better. Well, he's finished with the cycle lanes and now he's going to move on to Correct. the planet. Thank I mean, goodness no, for Grant. You know, if I Grant say. Shapps is the answer, what the hell was the question? Are there any dorks around that we can give a useless job to and create a ministry that nobody wants? Oh, yes, carbon net zero ministry. What a load of rubbish. Uh, uh, <laughs> Kemi Badenoch, by the way, uh, she is... Uh, business, she's now business secretary. She was already equalities minister. She retains that job. And she's also president of the Board of Trade. And also she's talking to Leeds about taking over from them as to be their manager. <laughs> and she's got a job in a pub on a Saturday night. Yeah. How many more jobs is Kemi Bader not going to <laughs> get? This is, this is the point, isn't it? Which is, there is an element of shuffling deck chairs around. There's also an element of trying to put somebody, chair of the Tory party, who is going to be, uh, if you like, a, a clean bill of health. Greg Hands used to be my local MP. I have to say, he was very engaged, um, a, a great person to speak to. Hands did on. What, hands on. Did what he said he was going to do <laughs> and, and did a great job. But I think this splitting up of departments, particularly at this point, I mean, how many housing ministers have we had since the beginning? 15, uh, since 2010. Uh, how many ministers... We've had uh, five of... housing ministers in the last year. Indeed. Yeah. How many uh, ministers... That. Since 2010, we've had 15. 15, yeah. yes, 15 yeah. housing yeah. ministers. <laughs> Thank you for repeating that. But, but that's OK. I think it's just that we're all in so much shock. 15. Yeah, 15. <laughs> really, 15. So we, we've had all these different ministers in charge. We've had so many people in charge of uh, the depart uh, Department for Culture, Media and Sport, and now they're splitting that up and things. You know, it, it is kind of ridiculous to know who on earth is in charge. <laughs> but then also, Rishi Sunak has got a very difficult job to do. He's got to find some policies which actually work. Because if he doesn't start delivering soon, forget all the talk, forget all the moving the deck chairs around, you've got to deliver. And if he's not able to get business moving forward, creating the economic growth that we need, and also... Dealing with his own side, who well, want to see tax I mean, cut. All, now we've got the highest tax burden business, in 70 what, years. What, he better get on with it. Well, uh, and Nicola, I get interested in your views on this. And what's really interesting, you speak to business. I did a big event with British manufacturers just two weeks ago. Many of them liked Boris Johnson, voted for Boris Johnson. Some of them voted Brexit. They're all absolutely raging now. There is no consistency. Mm. And to, to James's point, Nicola, Rishi Sunak faces a test at the local elections. If he tanks in those local elections, do you think he'll be long for this world? Could we moving on? Could we be moving on to our fifth prime He's minister in like the last in the last year? I just don't know why we're surprised anymore. Of course, this is what's happening. This has been it's been a joke. This government are a joke. No matter whether you're Tory, Labour, Lib Dem, whoever, this government in whatever shape or form that he suddenly decides he's going to take tomorrow it will always be a joke just as we were saying with the met it needs to be done redone all over again yeah, we good. need a general election we need to start it, from the beginning what's this guy done today you know he's supposed to be a tory prime minister uh, he stands for massive government he wants to intrude as much as he can so what did he do today apart from appointing all these no marks to useless jobs that no one really cares about uh, he uh, created a whole new ministry 
the Ministry of the Carbon Net Zero. Unbelievable. Yeah, but that's, yeah, who you, wants you, that? Something to talk about. Who wants that? Who wants that? No care. one wants that. Because if you thought the planet was dying, Shapsy is going to save us. So <laughs> you're missing this. He's got a spreadsheet and he knows how to use it. You work your plastic carrier bags would be about 17 quid by the end of the year, I'm telling you now. Well, I'm very pleased I've got something that's going up in value. You can't hoodwink the Shapsy when he's on a planetary mission, I'm telling you. All right, coming up, the Sussexes will be forced to reveal private details as they are grilled by lawyers because Meghan's sister is trying to sue her. That's next on The Talk. straight to the point. World-class broadcaster Vanessa Feltz is on Talk TV every night of the week. From politics to pop culture, there's no subject she shies away from. And remember... If you're thinking about it, we're talking about it. Join Vanessa Feltz on Talk TV every day from 4pm. back and he's uncensored debating the breaking news and talking to the biggest names Piers Morgan is live every week with a host of stars uncompromising unmissable and uncensored and remember if you're thinking it we're talking about it Piers Morgan uncensored Monday to Thursday at 8 p.m. on talk TV Conversation. Oh no. Uh, with the People's Channel. No, we're already used. Uh, every little helps. For God's sake, is nothing original anymore. It's finger licking good. I'm loving it. Look, let's be honest. We don't have any fancy speechwriters here, but we do. And I promise you, discuss the issues that matter to you. Yes, I'm back. Talk TV, not with Morgan, just before him. Monday to Thursday at 7 pm. Join me. Just do it. Well, that one too.
And welcome back to the talk. Now, if you'd hoped you wouldn't be hearing any more from the Sussexes, you'd be wrong. They may have already spilled intimate details about their lives in their Netflix special and in that tell-all memoir. But now they'll be grilled by lawyers. You see, Meghan's half-sister, Samantha Markle, is suing the Duke and Duchess for £60,000 in damages over claims made in their Oprah interview. A judge has now ruled that the couple can be interrogated by Samantha's lawyers over claims including Meghan saying she's an only child and another more controversial issue the couple may be pressed on is whether the royal family are racist, which was alluded to in the TV interview. But it's not all bad news. The judge did warn that even though they can be questioned, Meghan's request to have the whole case dismissed could be granted. It's interesting, this, isn't it? Because you read this on the face of it, it's like she hasn't got a cat in hell's chance. of. I mean, someone can say, I felt like an only child. I don't know who that is damning towards or where the litigious nature of that comment She didn't is. say felt. She said she, she was an only child. Oh, she that's, was an only that's child. That's the but bone I, of contention. Yeah, but, I mean, isn't that just so obviously factually incorrect that she must have... It was a metaphor, if you like, a simile. Well, it, they're well, not full siblings. Defamed, they're also not all full yeah, siblings. She feels yes. defamed and she's, by Samantha's suggestion well, so she older. doesn't exist. I mean, that's a ridiculous well, notion. No, she does exist. It's a legal clearly. basis for lawsuits. Yeah, but, yeah, you know but it's never going to go You know what's anywhere. really ridiculous about this? I mean, why do something for only 60K? I mean, uh, you know, I know that I 60K I thought that by might... American terms, it's I... normally like 54 million. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do understand that um, 60K may be a lot of money to people who are watching, and I understand that, you know, if, if you've had a, you know, a, a batch of your car or something happens or whatever and you get a payout. But this is somebody who's going to have to hire very expensive lawyers, somebody who's going to have to um, put themselves mm. through the mill, and somebody who says they've been wronged in this way. You've either got to go for a big number, go big, or go home. I find it interesting that, that she's allegedly suing... Well, she's suing them over the Oprah interview rather than the Netflix documentary, cos in the Netflix documentary, it had Samantha Markle's daughter in it. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? She yeah, featured right. yeah, quite yeah. prominently. And, and Meghan and Samantha's daughter got on really, really well, and she didn't end up being invited to the wedding because of all this drama surrounding her half-sister. I just think this woman seems to be... I don't know, many family members have got really toxic... Um, and I don't use that word lightly, but a family member who is hell-bent on making things really, really difficult for everybody else That's involved. That's not only me and my family. Is it? That's is it? All I, I was like. going to say, <laughs> if you don't have one in your family, it's probably you. Wow, but is there something you want to tell us? <laughs> Samantha Markle just seems to constantly be fighting these battles that it's, it's perfect... It, it's just pointless, her doing it, what and is, she's damaging... What's the deal, though, Kev? If, um, if you... I mean, exactly what you just said, exactly mm -hmm. what James said. If it's 60,000 quid, what's the point? Uh, I th there must be some sort of an ulterior game plan here. It's got to be. Something to do with her telling her story, selling her story. She's been paid to do it. Somewhere down the line. The I, I would imagine that that's a, a possibility. Only an allegation, of course. But uh, the couple are going to have to answer 38 different questions. Uh, and, uh, but what this, I think, boils down to, to, just to sort of give the story from her point of view and from the point of view of the Markle family, I mean, you know, Meghan has kind of rather dramatically cut off every single member of her family apart from her mother and the daughter of Samantha Markle. Everyone else has been completely cut off. So I assume that at the root of this is... Uh, a How kind of upset. She's like that's... a toddler or something. No, but then, on the other hand, if they it. behave she's like a, this... She's, a, she's, a, she's, a, she's an adult. I mean, she's interviewing... Same age as Megan. Yes. Yeah, she's, oh, right, she's okay. in the... Yeah, but... And they were, they're obviously, like, quite close. I mean, look, 
Samantha Markle just comes across as one of the most unpleasant kind of people. She, if you were doing a sort of Disney fairy tale, she is absolutely one of the ugly sisters, 100%. And to your very good question, what is in it for her? Because James is right. This $75,000, that that's not buying a day of legal fees. That's not even one day of Correct. legal fees. In, yeah. But for this level of, of legal team that you're, you're going to be talking about, she's doing it for the publicity. She's doing it to try and stay relevant. She's doing it probably to be invited in this studio one day to do an interview, to get lots of, to keep herself relevant. She, she only stays relevant. And, and that's the sad thing about the, the Thomas Markle thing. You know, he ended up sort of going so badly wrong because he was seduced by a lot of the tabloid press. Yeah. They wanted um, a little bit of money. They wanted a little bit of... Can I just throw something into that? Because I think you're absolutely right. But isn't that the problem with this whole shenanigans with Harry, with Meghan, with the family, with different elements of this? This is all about fame and money and prominence and selling the stories and my side and as you say toxicity between various different siblings all sorts of things that you just wonder what's gone on behind closed doors that they can behave like this in public but i think there's a difference between inserting yourself into a situation as samantha markle has done and defending your way out of yeah. a situation as harry has she's latching on the royal family to make some money who would ever do that <laughs> by the way she's that. not the most problematical re relative that uh, uh, Meghan Markle's got. My favourite is her half-brother, whose name I forget, and uh, he's oh, yeah. a dope grower. He grows uh, cannabis. And um, after Meghan got involved with the royal family, he brought out a special range of dope uh, called Markle Sparkle. <laughs> apparently it sells very well. <laughs> I think we could all do... I think everyone could do with some Markle of that. Maybe they should all smoke exactly, some. Exactly, they should down. all do some. <laughs> anyway, staying in the States, Harry Styles scooped two Grammy Awards at the weekend, but he's He's now facing a backlash over his acceptance speech that critics have described as tone deaf. Obviously, so important for us to remember that there is no such thing as best in music. Um, I don't think any of us sit in the studio thinking, making decisions based on what is going to get us one of these. This is really, really kind. I'm so, so grateful. I'm going to pass it over to my collaborators who are. I'm just so, uh, this doesn't happen to people like me very often and this is so, so nice. Thank you very, very much. Harry's been accused of white privilege in beating Beyonce, Lizzo, Adele, Kendrick Lamar and Bad Bunny in the Album of the Year category. And he is, in fact, the 33rd white man to win that award. Now, there's two things about this. Uh, yes, he should have looked at the stats before he announced that it was very rare for someone like him to win. And, by the way, while I'm on the subject, where did he get that accent from? He's <laughs> suddenly gone very American, hasn't he? I thought he sounded very northern. You know, he, he is, is northern. Yeah, he is northern. But that's a northern Texan. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so... The, but the thing about when he said, this doesn't happen to people like me, this is right out of the Simon book, uh, Simon Cowell uh, big book of clichés. Uh, all people in the X Factor, and Britain's Got Talent, when they sort of sing a song and they get yeah. hired and, you know, they're suddenly famous, they always go, it's one of Simon's favourite, they go, this doesn't happen to people like me. This doesn't happen yeah. to people like me. So he's a, an alumni of the X Factor, and I think he's forgotten that he doesn't have to say that anymore. <laughs> but, 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 no, but I think, Kev, I think just... that's very unfair, because, I, look, first <laughs> of all... That's what I'm there for. <laughs> I, I, 
I think <laughs> that the album that he brought out, Harry's House, in my view, and look, we all have different musical tastes. I do you know think the name of the album. I do because it's a He's brilliant with pop the kids. album. I like <laughs> that album. I think it's a fantastic album. Look, the other albums. What he's trying to say, I think, is here's somebody who grew up in in um, you know northern England, went to a comprehensive school, parents got divorced when he was age seven. He ended up on a reality show. He ended up in a boy band. He split off from the boy band, yep. and he ended up doing this and winning a credible act for a credible album. Now, you can Styles. like it, you can dislike it. Talk this about is Harry Styles. This Isn't is Harry it? Styles, who I think is a great pop artist. <laughs> and I think he's trying to say that no matter where you come from, you can win too. And it doesn't well, matter. I think I'm fed no, up of hearing all this white privilege nonsense rubbish. He's James. great. He's done brilliantly. James, well done. You're, you're 100. I think he's correct. rubbish. This wasn't. He wasn't saying. Well, he didn't go on touch. there and say. No, you know, this doesn't happen. To white people, he said, "This doesn't happen to people like me, me, yes. a bloke from a working-class background." Yeah, who went to a comprehensive school in Northern England, and uh, his parents absolutely. got divorced at seven. And also, in addition to that, when he said it doesn't happen to people like me, that was the point. The audience really clapped at that point because I think they understood what yeah. he meant. And when it comes to diversity, I mean, there's a lot of industries where we need to have a big argument about a lack of diversity. I'm sorry, the music industry is not one of them. It's a bit like arguing about lack of diversity in Premier League football. Oh, oh, it's actually, not one no, 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 no. You're actually kind of wrong on that. Oh, it's come on, Asia. It's only You've got changed. Me a it's stack it's, pulling out the it's here, only changed very recently um, because of, and I know this because I work in the music industry. I'm actually part of, of, of people who help diversify the, the, the Brit Awards in terms of ethnic diversity. They're not doing very well on their women this year, <laughs> no, has to be said. Let's just like that. Is. Let's just bank that. That's a whole other, that's a whole yeah, other that's topic true. there. I think it's a bit of both, right? I do think when I heard his accent there, I didn't think it was very American. I thought, God, that's a really northern accent. And I thought, in some ways, like, I can imagine that is great for him but I think he does have to have a bit of awareness mm. about you know because he, he, he is very woke right that's his whole brand you know he's very androgynous he's very gender fluid this guy kind of knows the social currents partly because he's building a career off the, the back of it he's a poster boy for modernity a modern type of music so I think he could have done he could have done a bit of both I think understanding that he's from a working-class background, you know, from comprehensive school, divorced family, I think that's really good, but I think he also could have recognised, like, David Barry was, you know, has, has been, you know, he's very kind of in the mould of David Barry, I think, in, in many ways. I think ways. he's so, trying yeah. to be that, yeah. isn't he? I so it's not fair to say he is, like, he's the first. He's not David Bowie. But he's not, I mean, but he's not the he's first guy to try and thing. do the this. inspirational, though. The, he is, the weirdest thing about Harry Styles, he seems to have been around for 100 years. He's 29. Yeah, exactly. He's 29. I can't believe it. I do think he's amazingly talented. He's a, you know, but he's more to me. You know, he's, he's creative. He does all of that, you know, Bowie-esque stuff. But, you know, he is, he's, as, he's a pop artist. You know? and I, don't, I don't look at him in the same way that I look at somebody like Beyonce, who I can see as a, you know, a creative a kind of artist who <laughs> writes and creates artist. in a very different way. I don't see what Harry do like that, but he's entertaining. He's, he's also you know, he's really bad at giving speeches. Like, when he's done his the press rounds an as accents. an actor, he's bad at... Well, you, his accent's OK. You're right, he's bad. But he's yeah. bad at doing speeches. He's bad yeah. at reading the room. And I think maybe that comes from the fact that from a very young age, he was pushed into this industry and he doesn't know anything else. But when I heard that speech, I didn't think about it along lines of gender or race. I thought about it along the lines of, I'm from this TV X Factor 
background where we're told we're, we're, we're promised the world and have very rarely delivered it, to be honest. And he's gone there and done it. But I hope that no one else who's thinking about joining these TV reality shows thinks that that is what they can achieve because so we're not, not going to form a band. Guys, we're not. We are, actually. We are a <laughs> band. <laughs> she split up the band! It's good to go first. We're going to break off. Be like Robbie, be like Harry. That's the main thing. <laughs> Harry didn't break it off first. Yeah. Wasn't that... Didn't Harry break it off first? Oh. oh. We're, we're, oh. On the next, we're on the next series of Britain. Check, you are with the, down with the youth eagles all the gossip. I'm all over it. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> trying to be young. <laughs> no, I gave up years Harry ago. Styles, fantastic. <laughs> Come on, at your age. <laughs> Coming up, pub landlords are worried they'll have to recruit banter bouncers to a police boozy chats. That's next on The Talk. straight to the point. World-class broadcaster Vanessa Feltz is on Talk TV every night of the week. From politics to pop culture, there's no subject she shies away from. And remember... If you're thinking about it, we're talking about it. Join Vanessa Feltz on Talk TV every day from 4pm. And he's uncensored. Debating the breaking news and talking to the biggest names. Piers Morgan is live every week with a host of stars. Uncompromising. Unmissable. And uncensored. And remember... If you're thinking it, we're talking about it. Piers Morgan, uncensored, Monday to Thursday at 8pm on Talk TV. Conversation. Oh no. Uh, with the People's Channel. No, already used. Uh, every little helps. For God's sake, it's nothing original anymore. It's finger licking good. I'm loving it. Look, let's be honest. We don't have any fancy speechwriters here, but we do. And I promise you, discuss the issues that matter to you. Yes, I'm back. Talk TV, not with Morgan, just before him. Monday to Thursday at 7 pm. Join me. Just do it. Well, that one too.
This is Talk TV. Welcome back to The Talk. Pub landlords fear they may have soon to hire banter bouncers to police boozy pub chats. An update to the Equalities Act could see new rules introduced to stop workers being harassed, giving them the right to sue if jokes or comments they hear offend them. But pub owners are afraid that rules would force them to police customers' behaviour. Uh, this is an absolutely extraordinary story. So, of course, we know that people go to pubs and they say whatever they like. We've got free speech, I thought. And you can kind of say what you want to say. And people do say some unnecessary things in pubs. They say them everywhere. And uh, I, the thing is also, you add a little bit of alcohol to the conversation. And guess what? People get a bit mouthy, get a bit of this and that and the other. This is terrible. This is a terrible, terrible idea. Really? Do you think so? Because I think it's a nicer environment for customers as well. What? If there's no, well, we're not just talking about, like, jokes. It's always going to be misconstrued to make it more of a sensationalised story that we're having banter, bouncers, just so you can't make jokes, you can't say anything nowadays. It's about offensive, as in, like, harassing or abusive jokes or language or behaviour that I don't want to be subjected to when I'm at the pub, and nor would I want to be if I was working at but the harassive, pub. But harassing and abusive... Behaviour is not necessarily the same as an it offensive conversation. If, but if it? you're making really offensive, sexist and misogynistic uh, jokes about women, not directly to always... me, but in my presence, like you do but every it... night before the but show. It, yeah, right. <laughs> uh -huh. But it might, it might not be that. I mean, it might... I mean, that sort of stuff... If you were saying something racist in a pub, that would already be deemed illegal and you'd probably be kicked out if you were... Yes. Listen to it. But the idea that somebody might go, I'm sorry, there's a man on table five over there that said something about that doesn't believe in net zero. But, that's, but exactly... Dissing but think... Grant Shapps or something. You know, that's probably gonna... Lee Anderson. Is that going yeah. to get you kicked out of the pub? Because no. But do you, but do you think... How do you that, there's, there's a difference here. This is nonsense. There's a difference here, because what you've said is in terms of behaviour. So if people are behaving in uh, a violent way, an aggressive way, kick them out. I agree. But this is not just a banter bouncer. This is... This is uh, I think that there's a potential for it to be misconstrued. And, and there's a line, isn't there? I mean, can somebody say something which is, like, a bit off? How, how do you draw the line? So so the, to be I mean, offensive the... is not against the law. Uh, to offend people is not against the law. And we've got to stop trying to enshrine offensiveness in law. And what are they... uh, because that way, madness lies. That, that way, totalitarian well, putting hell Putting it in lies. action, Kev, like the, are people going to have high-vis jackets and, a, you well, know... No, because you're man, so man dramatic. Utters because, profanity sorry, they're saying women are emotional and dramatic. Yeah. Ian well, Collins, yeah, but I, come on. Well, how are they going to... Look, Aisha... The... Look, Aisha actually, wrote, I, I wrote the legislation. So this has got your poor prints all over it. Because whatever you wrote in that, ultimately, it's come to this. It's absolutely a legend of a piece of uh, legislation actually yeah. so this is an idea that's put forward and i suspect it won't happen because when we um drew up the protected characteristics we were very sort of clear about not having sort of mission creep you, you can't just put everything at one point you know we had like people who identify as jedi saying we'd like to be a protected characteristic and all of this sort you mean of thing they're not? <laughs> no they're not believe <laughs> it or not um, but trouble. what you but what <laughs> So you, I think it's difficult to have sort of mission creep. And I do sort of agree with you. We should all be having better, you know, conversations and, and not behaving like this. But I would be very, very wary. About
about changing, amending the Equalities Act to put this in. I don't think when we drafted the Equalities Act, this was not the intention of the law. When we sat down going through it line by line with the, the legislation and the guidance, people saying offensive things in a pub was not what we envisaged from it. And there's already lots of scope in the law, as you say, for kind of harassment and criminal behaviour. Some of those are criminal things. But what this does point to, and I think it's not about... I think we sometimes le reach for a legal lever for everything and you can't change exactly. culture with a yeah. law that doesn't work. Yeah. But I think if, you know, people who run pubs, and you're absolutely right, they will want their staff. Look, there's loads of people not... the staff shortages at the moment, right? If you have an environment at work which is unsafe for your members of staff, if it's horrible for punters, that just doesn't make commercial sense, right? If you're a landlord or a landlady, you're going to crack down on that sort of behaviour. It's not good for mm. your staff, it's not True. good for your but punters either. It's not about an offensive... I mean, why can't I go to the pub with Ian, for example, and have, an he doesn't like you do. have a conversation <laughs> that's offensive? I mean, <laughs> you know, get, get out of my life. But also I'm going, I'm no, going to the on. pub for a drink. So, so I don't okay, want okay, anything... Okay, to, okay, I don't okay, want to hear okay, about your equalities okay. act. So, so, so you go to the pub, you're sitting next to someone like David Carrick, who is making talk telling people about all the disgusting thing he's gone done to women. Are you saying he should just be allowed? Is that is that okay? Yeah, but that you already, get out of your life? That, that, like nobody would want well, to tolerate that. That's against not actually against the, the, the law. But the difficulty with this, we, we know, the and these aren't just those kind of classic, you know, what they call woke stories. It reminds me. Do you remember the story of the woman that didn't want to sell cigarettes when she worked at a cigarette counter or something? Something on those kind of lines. Or I don't want to sell alcohol. I work in an off license. And it's like, if you don't want to be around the potential where you might be offended, don't work in a pub. But don't work in hospitality. where you. In fact, don't work with no, no, human but, beings, because you may but, well just stumble across a bit of but, offence but, but, every now and But there is a commercial imperative to this as well. There are many sort of owners of these chains, for example, are wanting to try and make pubs a bit more women-friendly because they want to get the business of, in. Of course they do. But then, of course, the question is whether you deal with it with banter or actually the really offensive behaviour. However... Coming up, not offensive banter, but offensive singing. Theatre girls are being told to pipe down and stop trying to sing along with the actors on stage, thank heavens for that, at the Bodyguard Musical. Oh, that's on my list. Anyway, that's next on The Talk. And happiness But above all this I wish you and always straight to the point. World-class broadcaster Vanessa Feltz is on Talk TV every night of the week. From politics to pop culture, there's no subject she shies away from. And remember... If you're thinking about it, we're talking about it. Join Vanessa Feltz on Talk TV every day from 4pm. back and he's uncensored debating the breaking news and talking to the biggest names 
Piers Morgan is live every week with a host of stars. Uncompromising, unmissable, and uncensored. And remember, if you're thinking it, we're talking about it. Piers Morgan, uncensored, Monday to Thursday at 8pm on Talk TV. Britain's Conversation. Oh, no. Uh, with the People's Channel. No, it already is. Uh, every little helps. For God's sake, is nothing original anymore. It's finger-licking good. I'm loving it. Look, let's be honest. We don't have any fancy speechwriters here, but we do, and I promise you, discuss the issues that matter to you. Yes, I'm back. Talk TV, not with Morgan, just before him. Monday to Thursday at 7pm. Join me. Just do it. Well, that one, too. theatre fans have been told to stop interrupting performances and leave singing to the professionals. It follows complaints that audiences watching the Bodyguard musical have been trying to outsing the actors. The King's Theatre in Glasgow posted <laughs> a stern message on social media asking patrons to be considerate to those who've come to enjoy the performances on stage and that antisocial behaviour will not be tolerated. I love a musical. Went to drama school, used to be an actress. I know I don't talk about it often, but <laughs> there was one performance that we did of the importance of being earnest, and there were some big Oscar Wilde fans in that night, and they read out every single line. Preempted you. Yeah, correctly, <laughs> I might add, because I was fluffing them every so often. And it, it, it's not what audience, audiences are paid to come and see me get it wrong. But I love a musical, and I think there should absolutely be at least one number where people can join in and sing and dance, but it has to be at the finale, because no Yeah, the one, encore, otherwise, no. No-one wants to no, no, hear you audience want, You don't want the, the performers spoil, and, of course, if people are singing along and it's spoiling the entertainment for everyone else, that must be discouraged. But uh, you also don't want to go too far in the cast's direction, because pompous actors, you know, telling the audience how to be... Get the phone off! Don't do that! Don't do that! It's like, hey, mate, we're paying your wages. <laughs> also... So don't go that far. But I used to be a, a theatre critic, I've seen some strange things, you know, people being taken out with... Uh, th thrown out because they're eating McDonald's. And uh, my wife once... We were at a play with Pete Possum. me out. In. It wasn't her fault, but her phone went off. In the, we're, in, we're in about... Because I was a critic, we're in about row four, so the cast are all going... <laughs> <laughs> and she's getting flustered. Turn your phone off! So she can't, she can't get the phone off. And in the end, in sheer horror, she just dropped it on the floor and went bang! bang <laughs> smacked into me. And Pete Possum went, 
Thank you. <laughs> and the performance continues. That is Amazing. commitment. See, I have to say, I love the story. A, that is a Glasgow theatre. I'm sorry, there's no stopping Glaswegian women. You are that, that person, aren't you? I, I would be that <laughs> person. I would have tottered in a vat of white wine with all my pals <laughs> and suddenly it's a hen night. I'm sorry, you're not going to get a bunch of Glaswegian women when Whitney Houston's song comes on. There's no <laughs> way they're funny. not going to sing. It's not going to work. That is awful, if I was, awful, If I was awful. in the audience, I would... I mean, why don't you just get up and dance on the stage. No, we'd be then. doing that too. We'd be dancing. I would be, but this is terrible. I would be so annoyed if I was part of the audience. I'd be annoyed if I was a member of the cast and some bunch of pissheads in the row three <laughs> suddenly start singing. That would bother me. But I would be equally bothered if I was in the audience. Yeah. I'd be, yeah, you know, yeah, I'd be the person that would shout fire in no, a theatre. No, I'll tell you what. Just to clear the trust place. Trust me, if that you are going it. to watch The Bodyguard, no, you're not going no. to watch High no, Theatre. No, 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 You're I'm going sorry, to have a bit of a laugh. No, see, that's Save that for your... pantomimes, Asia. <laughs> Jack and the Beanstalk, allow it for others. No, everyone in Glasgow will be up singing. The tickets are so expensive. And where do they say is the worst venue to stage a play in the entire world. Sorry. Glasgow. Exactly. Yeah, Glasgow. This isn't that where comedians used to go to die. Yeah. 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 They throw their children at you. Yeah, yeah. This is imposing your will on the rest of the audience. They don't want to hear you and your drunken singing. It's they awful. Do. They I know they really whole don't. I went wrong. to see Mamma Mia, which was an awful show. It was great movie, terrible live performance, awful. There are all these people standing up, singing the whole lot. Having no wings out. But they Who was terrible. I'm still traumatised. Whoever said Mamma Mia was a rubbish show? That's a Who great show. The, the film, brilliant. The, no, the, the film is not brilliant. By the fact that all these people standing up and singing and getting shows terrible. The stage show is excellent. It's, it's meant to be a show. And you all enjoyed singing no. along, didn't you? You enjoyed singing along. It was a musical as a film. Clearly. All right. A riot. You're all a bunch of theatre snobs. Get with the programme. That is why James didn't get the job as the theatre critic, I've now realised. Thank heavens for that. Indeed. All right, now it's time for small talk. And, James, you've got the first one. Yes, I do indeed. Uh, this is a quacker story. I'm sure you'll be pleased about this. A nurse has been fined... I mean, it's already going wrong. A nurse has been fined £100 for feeding ducks at her local river. A local council officer booked her for an environmental infringement, arguing that it could even be seen as fly-tipping. This is uh, the Tunbridge and Malling Borough Council. They've previously announced a crackdown, or should I say quackdown, <laughs> on literary... <laughs> don't, don't do that in Glasgow. Don't play in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. That's my strong <laughs> advice to you. On littering... Listen, it's, it's some work experience is getting fired. Uh, on littering, uh, but they've now refunded the fine. I don't know about you, but when I was four, there was nothing better than going to the local pond and feeding the ducks. And I know that maybe environmentally it's not great or sometimes, you know, you can't overfeed the ducks and it's not good. And all that. But there is something about feeding ducks. And if somebody's feeding the ducks, 100 quid, fine. This is not acceptable. Fire the council. Appalling. 80 quid for a seagull in Blackpool. So it reminds yeah. me, do you remember that advert, those of a certain age, there was like a flower and they'd make a cake and it was quite a heavy, and this flower's meant to be lighter, and the advert was the woman made sort of two cakes and then she'd throw the heavy one and then the duck would sink. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Don't feed ducks. Love a duck. Kev, you've got the next one. Uh, yes, uh, if you can't get your head around Bitcoin, then good luck with this one. The Bank of England and the Treasury 
have announced plans to set up a digital pound by the end of the decade. However, unlike cryptocurrencies, which can be volatile, the digital pound will be the same value as cash. The Chancellor says it will be a new, trusted and accessible way to play. Uh, I put this uh, to pay. I, I put this on uh, Twitter to say and said, uh, who's touching this with a barge pole? Absolutely. No, no way. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, come on, get it. Again, this is the government just saying, oh, there's something. Let's get involved. Why do they have to create a digital currency? Just shut up one of them, and be smaller. They can't you know deal what, with hard cash. One of the, no, one of the problems is that over the next couple of years, the likes of Amazon and Facebook and TikTok mm, yeah. may well bring out their that's own okay. currency. That's OK. And that's, yeah, well, the government is saying that's fine, but there should be the option that you can no, no, have no, a currency no, where you're not... No, 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 I don't want the government. Yeah, but the thing about currency they don't have to, is that if it's not controlled... Well, they might have to, to If it's not economy, controlled yeah. by governments then it means that they lose control of the financial system. And what we've all seen with cryptocurrency is that it's available. Not only is it extremely volatile, yep. it's also something that could be used by nefarious characters yeah. uh, in all sorts of different ways. And the government has absolutely no control over it. I don't want the Chinese government... I don't government want the government control. to have control. I want the Chinese Listen, government to have control. Sick of the government I don't want Liz Truss having any control of the, <laughs> well, that's a fair of, point of, as well. of the economy. Well, Nick. exactly. You've yeah. got the next one. I have. Bitcoin's all over my head. This is my kind of topic. <laughs> Most of us admit to having a work spouse. So work can be tough, but a work wife or work husband can make your day much better. 73% of people admit to having a special platonic friendship with really? a work colleague. Yeah, me and JJ call each other our work husband and wife. Yeah. We speak every day. We talk about our days. We talk about what's going on. Um, it says here that 43% Sorry, of... Sorry, where's it heading, then, this relationship? You're seeing JJ. <laughs> no, this is it. I'm see you're seeing JJ. I'm, I'm so sorry, Ian. <laughs> just got engaged <laughs> and now look what's going on. On live TV, you make no, no, this no, revelation. Ian said to me on my way in, talking about this story, he said that I'm I'm his uh, work husband. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'm fine with Or your boyfriend. <laughs> and also not at work as well. You're both... Yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. Well, three in ten Anybody workers say that they would actually quit their current job if their work spouse were to leave. If JJ left, I'd just have more slots on this show. I'm fine with it. There is that. <laughs> uh, all right, what about this one? The celebrity cast has been revealed for the new Netflix film. This is based on Prince Andrew's disastrous Newsnight interview. It's being called Scoop. It'll portray the events that led to that explosive interview. Gillian Anderson, yes. former X-Files, British-born, as many don't realise, is going to be playing Emily Maitlis. Rufus Sewell will be Prince Andrew. It's all right. Billy Piper will play former BBC producer Sam McAllister, who wrote the memoir that the film is based on. Incredible. It's going to be Another, amazing. He's going to be sweating watching that. That's <laughs> sure, I'm actually very good friends with Sam McAllister, who wrote it, and it is going to be sensational. It is going to be, I mean, yeah. it, it was the interview of our kind of generation. It right? allows yeah, us yeah. to watch the train wreck all over again, but then to see behind the scenes, to see it himself. I, I do think, though, they've gone somebody who's a little bit better looking than Prince Andrew, perhaps. Yeah, I can yes, see Yes, that's pretty true. Um, Aisha, you've got the last one. Well, I feel this is appropriate given my terrible confessionals about karaoke and singing <laughs> in the theatre. Um, and it's the nation's favourite karaoke song. Oh. And oh, yeah. it is Sweet Caroline. Yeah. So, Sweet Caroline has got. It gets better when spot. you've had a bucket of wine. It's, it's better when you've all had a bucket <laughs> of wine. <laughs> Trust me, exactly. It's better. The, the better that's I sound, the drunker you are, basically. That's, oh that's my how it God. works. Every so, scene. that was the top spot. Um, and uh, We Will Rock You by Queen. We uh, will, the second. We will rock you. 
hate this song. And third, 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 absolute classic, Dancing Queen. So very quickly, karaoke song, very quickly. Uh, no karaoke very, song. Okay. It's, it's a Bob Eminem, lose yourself. Karaoke song. Karaoke. I wouldn't sing a karaoke oh, God, thing. Karaoke Put song. a gun to my <laughs> head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. Mine is Nobody Does It Better, Carly Simon. Oh, that's a good... Except, of course, they probably do, given what we've heard. No, that's not true. I mean... You, don't, you, you would never do karaoke, I would Ian. never in a million years. I don't Why do not? fancy dress and I don't do karaoke. Well, this isn't, this is what you normally wear. This isn't fancy dress. Get in the bin. I, I would probably I'm do not having any in the block. This, this, this is where we need There's the banter, fancy about it. I knew yeah. that that phrase had to come out. That's a First phrase, get in the bin. Chaps, <laughs> then you move on to my singing abilities. Now you're sartorial and, elegant. And, and, now, and now everybody's got to get in the bin. an absolute scandal. Oh, he said it was cheap. He's introduced the word cheap. Sorry, work. Ian. All right. OK. <laughs> uh, lot still to... All right, I can take it. My shoulders are broad. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up on Talk TV, it's first edition. Rosanna Lockwood is presenting this evening. What is making tomorrow's news headlines is the big question. Rosanna, good evening. Ian, our look ahead to tomorrow's news. Today, ably supportive, of course, by our front pages, coming into us throughout the next hour, be focusing on policing. Specifically, where is Nicola? Nicola Bully, 12 days since she went missing. We'll be talking all about that investigation. Also, the sentencing of David Carrick, that met policemen. Talking a bit about policemen, how they interact with us, the public. The latest from Turkey as well, rescue operations continue on the ground. And on a lighter note, the celebrity lineup for the Great British Bake Off, Ross from Friends. So we'll have plenty to talk about on the show with our special guest, Ian. Rosanna, have a good show. That is all we've got time for on the talk. Thank you to our panellists, James Max, who's back on air at 5am, Nicola Thorpe, Paisha Hazarika and Kevin O'Sullivan. I'm back on Talk TV at 1pm. Good night. straight to the point. World-class broadcaster Vanessa Feltz is on Talk TV every night of the week. From politics to pop culture, there's no subject she shies away from. And remember... If you're thinking about it, we're talking about it. Join Vanessa Feltz on Talk TV every day from 4pm. And he's uncensored. Debating the breaking news and talking to the biggest names. Piers Morgan is live every week with a host of stars. Uncompromising. Unmissable. 
and uncensored. And remember, if you're thinking it, we're talking about it. Piers Morgan, uncensored, Monday to Thursday at 8pm.